Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. I'm really glad you're here. We've got a great show today with two friends of mine who are brothers and that are very active in the trailer park mobile home business. And uh, they're crushing it right now, making tons of cash flow on these deals. And so we're going to talk about that. Some of you guys are subconsciously tuning out already because I said the word mobile home park. But you've got to stick around because... What these guys are going to talk about will blow your minds, and it's pretty exciting. First, I want to tell you guys, if you like this show, leave a review, please. Leave a review in iTunes. Go to Stitcher, iTunes, maybe Google Play, whichever app you use to listen to podcasts. Please leave a review if you like the show. I'd really appreciate it. Second, go to realestateinvestingmastery.com to get our show notes. We have a fast cash survival kit there as well. And we also have a um, Wholesaling 101 mind map there to get the mind map, which is pretty amazing. And if you go there and see all the stuff that we have, it's it's awesome, in my humble opinion. But uh, go to realestateinvestingmastery.com to see that mind map. You can also get the mind map by texting the word FLIP to 313131. If you want this mind map and the videos and the transcripts that come with it, Text the word FLIP to 313131 to get your hands on it. Now, this episode we're doing today, I want to give you guys something uh, pretty cool. There's going to be a bonus or a free giveaway at the end of the podcast, and uh, we'll talk about what that is in a minute. But the website to get that free bonus from Nick and Dan is reimpodcast.com slash trailers with an S. reimpodcast.com dot com slash trailers with an S. And again, the link for that will be in the show notes. We'll talk more about that. What's that, what's that involved um, towards the end of the show, but just write that URL down because you want you're gonna want to get it. So Dan and Nick Gibson, how are you guys? Excellent. How are you? Doing well Joe, thanks for having us. You guys are brothers, right? Yes, we are. All right, you're not married with this. I'm sorry, we, stupid we joke. Have, we have been we have been told we are brothers, as far as we know. Oh God, I can't believe I said that. You guys, <laughs> you guys work together though, right? We do. And we you can, you live in the same city. We do. And you work with your dad. Yes, yes we, we do. Have, we we kind of hit a, a lot of check marks that uh, some people say you know stay away from. You know, don't don't work with family. Don't rent a family, you know, those kinds of things, but <laughs> we do it every day. That is so awesome. I'm really inspired by you guys. Your dad's a lawyer Correct. and he invests with you guys and you've got an amazing business. We'll talk about that in the show, but I'm just, I'm happy for you guys and proud of you that you can work together as a family like this. I'm sure it's not all beds and roses, but, um, or it's not a bed of roses, however that phrase goes, but it's yeah. been challenging at times. I'm, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, yeah, correct. I I think uh, this is Nick. Um, I think personality wise, my my dad and I are are pretty much the same. So we always, you know, we're some of those people that have to get in the last word. So <laughs> there'll, there'll be a few times where Dan will just will be 
arguing about God knows what, and Daniel just cut in and said, all right, you two, quiet, let's move on. <laughs> and that's just what we do. And we're over it and we just move on. That's awesome. I, you know, I have two boys and two girls and, um, it would be cool if they worked with me or for me. Uh, that would be kind of weird working for me, but I'd rather have them working with me. And I'm sure right. your dad kind of looks at it the same way, right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It might be a little different dynamic if you're working for him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that would be cool. In fact, one of my, my sons are already expressing some interest. And uh, I did an earlier podcast interview with a kid who's 18. His dad is a... Uh, very active, successful real estate investor. And this kid started whole fl flipping deals and within a 90 days made $52,000 in profits. Wow. And his dad really didn't help him much at all, except refer to him some books to read because he wanted the kid to kind of learn it on his own. But anyway, right. so awesome. good for you guys. You, um, you live near St. Louis on the Illinois side and yep. Uh, yep. us in Missouri, we call that the dark side over there. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're, uh, it's kind of funny, I guess we're, we've always been some sort of, you know, niche type people. So, yeah, yeah. you know, Illinois started when we first started buying rentals and, and, and all that, you know, nobody would go across the river to Illinois. So they just refer them to us. So yeah. that was a niche in and of itself, you know, and then obviously with the, the mobile home parks now, I mean, I don't really know. I mean, gosh, how many, we've been in that mastermind group with you for how many years now? What, three? Three or four. That long? Really? Oh, like the local I mean, St. Louis. Our one. local one, yeah. I mean, I don't think it I mean, we've been we've been a little niche niche duo in that yeah. that regard for for however long we've been doing that now. So Well that's how yeah, I met I, you guys. I should talk about this for a second because that's how I met hey, you sure. guys. Be, uh, I've talked about this before. If you've listened to my podcast for a while, I'm usually recording an episode on my way to the mastermind or on the way back because I don't drive that much. And so right. when I'm driving out there, it's about a 30 minute drive. And uh, whenever I'm coming back, I'm always recording podcasts like, hey, you guys got to start a local mastermind in your city and start networking with other active investors in your market. And can you just talk about that real quick? What has that local mastermind meant to you and how has it helped you guys? Yeah, Joe, this Dan. So we, I mean, that's how we started, you know, to this day, we spend virtually zero dollars on marketing. And I would say 60 to 70% of that is because of all the networking, networking we did starting out at the local mastermind groups in in St. Louis. So there's, you know, three very well known popular groups in St. Louis, and we made sure you know, we'd hit them all and we'd make sure, you know, we joined the, the wholesalers one specifically because, you know, we buy from wholesalers. Yeah. So, you know, it's been very, very important. And it's really what, where it's really the starting point for any, for any new newbie investor, no matter what type of real estate, you got to go to those masterminds, you got to put the time in and you get a lot of great info and, you know, you find out who the players are when you go there. Well, that's something that I intentionally did when I started that group. I only wanted people who are actively doing deals to be invited to come. Mm -hmm. And uh, I it was it's invite only. And so it's intentionally small where we have anywhere from 10 to 15 people there at once. And if you are a full-time investor and you're listening to this and you're in St. Louis and you haven't come or you don't know about it, uh, I don't want to say shame on you because that's mean, but like, come on, man. I've, we've, yeah. <laughs> we've told everybody about it here. But um, anyway, I'm, yeah, so it's been cool to have you guys there because you're from Illinois 
and, and it's it's regrettable, but a lot of times people here in St. Louis say like what I like, I don't want new, I don't want to do any deals in Illinois or who would want to, <laughs> who would want to even live over there. Right. Like, but then right. you guys are just picking it up and crushing it over there. Right. Because you're, yeah, and it's not that say, bad of an area. It's a great place to live. No, and actually it's kind of funny. I mean, we grew up over here. Actually, Dan and I both actually live on the St. Louis side, but we are, we are in Illinois oh, I didn't five know days a week. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, I mean, we're, our offices, we have two offices and, in Illinois. And I mean, on average, we're, we're driving 60 plus miles a day just around, you know, to get from to the, you know, wherever we have to do to get to the office or go, go out and look at parks or go to our parks or go to our rentals, things like that. So we are on the Illinois, we are living in the St. Louis side. However, we're doing most of our business on the Illinois side because we know it so well. Okay, good. So Talk about how you guys got started in real estate. Go back a little bit. Sure. So it started with uh, an owner financing deal. You know, I knew going out of college that I wasn't going to spend much time in corporate America. Um, I knew I wasn't set up for that cubicle life. I always had bigger dreams. And honestly, I remember listening to your podcast, this podcast, taking notes. I still have a folder, real estate mastery folder on my, on my Gmail wow. for all the notes that I took while I was at my corporate America job. Now this is going back. Oh man, this is going back five or six years ago now. And, you know, learning about lease options, learning about wholesaling. So that was kind of how we got started was we did a little bit of wholesaling that back in the glory days when you could just submit offers off the MLS and, you know, you could make a pretty nice living doing that. And then, realized that, you know, rentals and long-term cash flow is, is, is the goal, set our goals towards that. And then started picking up a few properties with owner financing. Cause you know, we were young, we had no money, we had no credit really. Banks didn't like that. We didn't have a W2 income. So, you know, we had to get creative and, you know, using owner financing first was always our first route. Then we tried to bring on some private investors and then the banks finally came around, but it was a four unit building in Alton, Illinois, downtown Alton, right on the river. And it was a mixed use building had been for sale for a long time. And we told the lady we'd give her her list price. Her mouth about hit the floor because it's been, it'd been for sale for over a year. And now you got someone saying, you know, we'll give you list price. But you know, the caveat was she had to own or finance it for five years. And I think we put down a very small down payment, maybe mm. like maybe 10 grand on a $300,000 purchase. And then what was the cash flow? I'm just curious. That one was actually pretty tight. We've learned, we've learned a little bit <laughs> ah, since then. Okay, I think yeah. that one, um, flood insurance. It wasn't right? great. Yeah, I mean, it we, was, it was we have maybe a hundred so much for from... maybe a hundred bucks a month for four units. Oh. Um, now, a lot of that had to do with flood insurance. Yeah. Uh, flood insurance rates got raised on us when we when we bought the building. Uh-huh. And so that was that was a whole new aspect of due diligence, <laughs> you know. You you don't know what you don't know, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. so that one was a little bit a little tight, but you know, you got it with owner financing and today, I mean today that property has well over 120 grand of equity uh, just sitting there. So you know, it's definitely it was definitely tight at the beginning, but it's it still turned out to be a winner in my mind. Now it's cash flowing really good. Yeah. So we, but yeah, we didn't know what we didn't know <laughs> back then, which I'm sure a lot of people can say that. 
So was your were you working with your dad at this time as well? He helped us put put the deal together as the lawyer. You know, we needed the contracts. He was always kind of interested in real estate, but you know, he has a full time law practice. He still does, so you know, he doesn't have much time to devote to it. So he would set us up with people we need to be set up with. Obviously, his name was well known in our small town, so you know. We definitely, definitely use that to our advantage. But as far as actually doing the deals and coming up with, you know, negotiating, that was, you know, that was all us. Okay. What got you interested in mobile home parks? Well, so we, by this point, we probably had, we probably had about 25 to 30 rental units and, you know, it was, we were obsessed with the cash flow, right? So that's all we were looking at. I was looking at all kinds of things. If it, if it cash flowed, I was interested in it. So a friend, a good buddy from high school came across this deal, said, Hey, there's this mobile home park for sale. Uh, not too far from your office. I know they're open to owner financing because they just had a contract fall out. That was owner financing. Is this something you're interested in? And I was like, you know, heck yeah. So one meeting or one little breakfast later with the owner and we had agreed terms to owner financing. And that was a little over two years ago now. And we, we kind of fell in love with it and it's been all we've been focused on for the last about a little over a year. So, so yeah, again, another owner finance deal, it kind of fell in our lap. It was less than five miles from our office. Um, you guys didn't know anything about how to manage or we, mobile. How we you, went to, how'd you learn? We went, <laughs> we we went, went to a two day seminar, three day seminar in Orlando. Yep. On all on mobile home parks. Okay. And, and we, and we had, you know, I, I, I was a big, I'm a big podcast guy. So I listened to a bunch of podcasts. There's a couple mobile home park podcasts out there, not many. And, uh, you know, I'd listen to them and I kept hearing people talk about why they're so great and everything that, that they've said has been true just with the, it's just cheaper maintenance or lower to no maintenance. Cause you don't own the homes in a perfect scenario, scenario, you know, lower taxes, lower insurance, that kind of stuff. It just makes a lot more sense from a cash flow perspective in our minds to, uh, to have mobile home park versus uh, single family houses. Talk about the stigma. Of yeah. Mobile, Cause like <laughs> people, when they when they hear about mobile homes, I think maybe their first reaction, hopefully, um, is well. What I mean to say is like we'll, we'll talk about the the benefits because they're cash right. flow cows, right? Yeah, um, which is yeah. And actually, Nick's got some numbers here. We can go through numbers at some point, but as far as you know, as far as the stigma, I mean, it, I'll say one thing. I guess that we learned like the first ten minutes of of this three day seminar was. I think is it uh, Warren Buffett is the like second yeah. owns the second most. I mean, as far as the mobile home park industry, I mean he he has so much you know money in the mobile home park industry. I mean that right there kind of tells you something. So I got um, building mobile homes or like the actual mobile home parks. Yeah, so he he is an investor in a bunch of mobile home park companies. Wow, and he also owns. Clayton, Clayton Homes, homes yeah. which builds all the manufactured housing. It's a big manufacturer. The biggest manufactured housing. Wow. I did, in the, did, in not, the country. did not know that. 
And he also, he's the only one that has a program specific for financing the mobile home. So he's got it all. He's got investments in the parks. He's got the, the actual manufacturing and then he's got the financing arm. So three separate. <laughs> so he's all over the manufactured housing community. And I mean, this, the bad stigma for us is, 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 a, not great, right. yeah. is a great advantage. I mean, because, yeah. you know, just ha- just like how you started the podcast is, you know, you turn you turn your listeners already turned it off because it's like, oh, mobile homes, like, you know, run away. You know, what we've found, we've had, we have rental properties that are, you know, single family homes that are in the A class through the F class. And I would say that your average park in the Midwest, because that's, you know, that's where we specialize in at least, your average park in the Midwest is going to be a C, a C class mobile home park that you're trying to turn into a B maybe. And I would rather have our C-class mobile homes all day versus C-class rentals and D-class rental single-family houses. Hmm. You get you just get a different you just get a different level of tenant buyer. So we try and do a lot of lease to owns, so you know they can have that pride of ownership, and so we can get maintenance off our books. And you know that type of person is different than just a perennial renter. Yeah. So you are doing. Let's talk about some of the numbers then in, in some of these mobile okay. parks. Yeah. So uh, the two that Nick and I both have our hands on a day to day basis. I'll let Nick kind of walk through the. Uh, yeah. So the I, I guess. So in each park, our our model is we don't want to own the homes, right? So we want the cash flow, but we don't want the maintenance. So by not owning the homes, our our uh, maintenance costs just stems from like the infrastructure things. So the water up to the lot, the electric up to the lot, and mainly trash. So at, at our parks, we pay for water, sewer, and trash for the tenant. They pay what's called lot rent. So to give you some, some quick numbers, at one of our parks, the first park we bought, the lot rent there is $300 a month. So if you owned a home, you moved it on, you're paying $300 a month, and that includes your water, your sewer, your trash. To give you numbers on what water, sewer, and trash are at this particular park is about we have it's it's thirty three units, yeah, thirty three. And per tenant, water, sewer, and trash is twenty six dollars a tenant, so twenty six dollars a lot. So we're cash flowing was that like two hundred and seventy five dollars? About two seventy five a month per lot. And you have thirty of them. Thirty three. Thirty three. Okay. So and, and then what? Um, if you finance that, what yep. would be the uh, cash flow after financing? Or you you get your net operating income, correct? What would, and that doesn't include financing. No, no. And so if you did, because most people are going to buy these with financing. But yeah, and right. It's the same as we did. So we clear we clear a little over five grand a month on this park with financing. Now we also got we're still under our seller financing term, so okay. that'll actually go up a little bit. When we do a refinance, actually, I think we have to do the refinance by the end of right, 2018. Yeah. So that'll go up a little bit. But yeah, as currently as it sits, we're clearing right at about the five grand mark, not owning, you know, I think we have Good. two park-owned homes. That so. is phenomenal. All right. So you're clearing about five grand a month in net cash flow, right? Yep. On a 33-unit uh, mobile home park. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. After and that's after financing, correct? After taxes, yep. After like I'm sure you have to get some kind of insurance. Is that yep. right? 
it's like liability, liability only, but yep. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about trailer trash. I mean, <laughs> where, where did that, that term come from? And by the way, let me preface that by saying I can say trailer trash, even though that's a derogatory, defamatory, uh, discriminatory term, because I grew up in a trailer park. I used to be trailer trash. I used to live in mobile home parks for about five years as a kid growing up. And I used to live in a mobile home park in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, where you have maybe one hour of summer a year. It gets like freezing cold up there. Oh, God. And in a single, we had a mobile home with a single pane glass window, and I remember feeling the the cold draft at night because my bunk bed was up next to the window. <laughs> they're okay. not the best. They're not the best insulated. Uh, the, <laughs> the new, obviously, the newer the better. But yes, I, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> All right, that was in the uh, late '70s, early '80s. But uh, so, talk about like where, where did that term "trailer trash" come from? It just came from that whole bad stigma, you know, the, the drug dealers, yeah. the criminals. I mean, you know, if, if, if you grew up, you know, as a kid, if you grew up in a mobile home park, you, you know, that was, that was just the stigma that went with it. And it's very unfair and it's very unfortunate because we have, we have a great couple communities that, uh, that are in good school districts that, you know, we have people that would die to, to get into our parks and our good school districts just to have the address. So it's, uh, it's, it's quite funny. And I mean, again, we use it to our advantage because it is such yeah. a niche and, you know, you know, stay away. Everyone can stay away as far as we're concerned. <laughs> you know, if you live in the Midwest, you just go yeah. ahead and turn the podcast off. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> okay. But like that, is, that stigma is unfortunate. You're absolutely right. I mean, I remember as a kid, I never knew I was poor growing up and, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a lot of people that live in these mobile homes that aren't poor, actually. You know, they oh, no. they have good, solid, blue-collar, middle-class incomes, right? Oh, yeah. And we have – I mean, we have a, we have one particular family in one of our parks that owns four homes, and they own about a $250,000 RV. And they just wanted to downsize. They didn't need a house because they traveled a lot, and they have this nice RV that they they spend most of the time. So, no, it's definitely – it's definitely not uh, not nearly as bad as you think. We have a lot of retirees, a lot mm-hmm. of people that just want to you know extend their money, and it's definitely the cheapest form of housing if you want to own your own home and and have a little yard and have your own four walls. Yeah, and it's it's very affordable housing. I mean, I think of that book, The Millionaire Next Door, and mm-hmm. uh, the if you guys haven't read that book, you should read it. But like. Mm-hmm. There, there are some very successful people that actually still live in modular homes and mobile homes. It's a simple lifestyle. So yeah. uh, now people are thinking, okay, maintenance headaches, and and uh, you have to deal with thirty three really cheap, rundown, beat up homes, right? Like, so how do you stay out of the management nightmare of that? Yeah. So this is Nick. I, so I, I kind of do, or I kind of oversee a lot of of the management aspect of the parks and. So like, like I mentioned, so we have two parks in general that I can talk about. One is the 33 pad. So in that home, in that park, we only own three of the homes. So we only have three renters out of 33, all other 30. So they own their own home. So if there's a water leak, if there's a backed up toilet, if their furnace goes out, if their AC goes out, they do not call. 
So are you saying they own the home or are, are you saying they, they're a tenant buyer doing a rent to own? They own the home. We do have some tenant buyers, but they actually physically own the title of the home. So we do titles in the mobile home park industry. So it's just like a car. So they actually have the title in their name. So if there's an issue with the underground power lines or above ground power lines going to the home, if there's an issue with the water coming up out of the ground, or if there's an issue with any sewer, that is on us. But anything else that actually has to do with the home, our model is that we don't own those homes. Nice. So we don't have the 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 maintenance calls, you know, like a normal, like our normal rentals, you know, when somebody's toilet's leaking or their faucet's broken or, you know, they need a new ceiling fan, you know, things like that. So we're not actually having to to mess with any of that. Now, in one of our other parks, we do own a lot of the homes. Too many. Okay. So in was that, that by park, was that by choice or accident or so what? that was by through the purchase. The some some you know a lot of our sellers that we buy from are mom and pop. Yeah. So they you know they acquire all these homes over the years and they just come you know with the sale. So in that park, I have two basically two full time maintenance guys on our staff. Okay. Okay. And so you know we're doing a lot of selling off with lease options, which I know you like to hear. And, and really, so then when we get somebody in there on a lease option, then they, you know, they are responsible for the maintenance as soon as, you know, everything's agreed upon. So it, it's just going to take a while for us to get, to get rid of, or to sell most of the homes and, out and, there. And that's so. because when you bought that property, you bought a bunch of tenants. Correct. Exactly. Okay. We, we inherited, all, we inherited these homes, all these homes, even though it wasn't our model. But now we ran the numbers ahead of time to make sure that once we sold all these homes off, that our numbers still made sense. So, well, talk about on this net, on this other property you're talking about. What are some of your numbers? Can you just give us approximate range of? Yeah. So, right at that park, there's four. It's four hundred dollars a month in lot rent, and you know if you're a renter in that in that park, depending on the size of the home, if it's a double wide, single wide, how many bedrooms you're paying anywhere from five fifty up to up until almost 900, up up 900. If it's a big three bad, three bed, two bad, double wide. That's total. So that includes the the lot and the trailer. Correct. Correct. And those utilities, the water, sewer and trash. Okay. So, so Joe, one thing we look at in the particular area is we compare our rates to apartment rates. So a three-bed uh, apartment unit in, in this particular area, it's over in uh, Illinois, is over probably 1100 plus. Yeah, so what, where we want to be, we want to be a couple hundred dollars less than the apartment rates in the area for our rentals. So that's kind of what we look at as far as you know, when we're actually renting something out that we own, you know, we have specific whether it's a two bed, single, single wide, three bed, single wide, or any double wide, we have specific rates for those. And they, and they stay below the apartment rates for that area. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes, that makes sense. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then what we do to, and cause this is a good school district, remember too. So, you know, we kind of have to play the balancing act of, well, we have all this inventory, you know, we, can't sell ever if we could sell everything we would, but some some of these are nice double wides that we can get almost nine hundred bucks a month out of. So let's you know let's do that. But 
we also entice them to for that with that cheaper monthly option if they do the lease to own. So say there's a two bed, two bath, you know, single wide that we would normally rent for uh, 700 bucks, let's say, we would make the lease lease to own option 600 or 650. Okay. And we would just, you know, mess with the term a little bit for them to get to that number so we can say, hey, but if you buy the home from us, you're paying you know, fifty or a hundred dollars less a month. So, are you? Are what? Are your cash? How is your cash flow on this deal? So the cash flow on this deal, let's see, we have about so it's four hundred dollars a month in lot rent at this park. Water, sewer, and trash combined average is eighty-two dollars. So you're looking at three hundred and eighteen dollars a month uh, in net cash flow per per lot. Just for the just for the lot rental. Just for the lot rental. And how many yep. lots do you have? So there's 110 out there. We have about 80 of them occupied, about 80 tenants right now. So there's room for, let's call it 100. I mean, if we could get it up to 100. See, another good thing about parks are a lot of your expenses are kind of stay the same. So I, I say that just in our current situation. So, you know, if we can get that up to 100, our cash flow is actually going to be better. Cause like, for instance, like our, my trash out there, it, it's a fixed cost. Our sewer actually happens to be a fixed cost with the, with the village. So the water is obviously going to fluctuate, but if we can increase, increase the number of tenants, sell off, you know, more homes, which is going to decrease our maintenance costs. And some of these costs are actually fixed. So as I add more tenants, it's only going to help. Right. So that makes, that you're, makes sense. you're looking at a, um, approximate net income monthly income of 30 grand a month correct that includes the your maintenance now now that 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 doesn't include maintenance because we have a mixed bag at that park okay. between lot renter lot renters only and just normal rent rentals so that doesn't include maintenance that kind of that almost be okay. impossible. I mean, we could do the numbers, but it'd take a while. <laughs> so, but, but after maintenance and after financing costs, about what do you clear per month? Net after maintenance load? and after financing, we're in the six to seven grand range, uh-huh. and you know that's paying two full time maintenance guys and two almost full time you know park managers as well. Um, so. That's one of our uh, turnaround projects. Yeah. That was one we bought. We knowing that it'd be a five-year turnaround project, and we're just we're in our about our ninth or tenth month. Yeah, ninth, ninth month right now. Cool. Now, do you own any other rental park or mobile home parks? Now, or are you are you pursuing uh, we have, any? We actually have two more under contract, and we actually hit a hit a bad uh, hit a bad run of luck. Our last three parks under contract, we've all had to. Uh, to uh, to get out of the contract for uh, some uh, some inspection issues, oh, we wow. had a uh, a full sewer septic system failure that was going to run us an extra two hundred and fifty grand. So do your due diligence. It it is absolutely worth. It was absolutely worth the seven hundred dollar septic inspection. Wow. To uh, yeah. to get out of that one, um, and then we actually ran into uh, I guess going back to our stigma, we actually ran into a meth lab. That was flagged. We uh, we do it in phase one environmental study with every park that we buy, and uh, that environmental study flagged a uh, that there was it, that one of the homes or one of the lots was part of a drug bust about 
15 years ago and it hadn't been cleaned up properly. So can you, uh, can you renegotiate with the home, with the seller? Oh yeah. And we always try, you know, we never want to, we never want to just, yeah. you know, say that's it. We, we tried renegotiating in both of those cases, but just couldn't come to an agreement. Uh, you just follow up with them in a couple months. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We've, we've got them on, uh, I, I have like an email blast out. I send about once a quarter just to check in and, Oh, you should call them once a quarter. Yeah, no, I should. I mean, for sure. <laughs> but uh, that's cool. I mean, I get it. The uh, And that's a lesson that everybody needs to pay attention to, no matter what kind of real estate investing you're doing. So could you guys take the same amount of money that you've invested into these properties and get the same cash flow on a house? Or I multiple houses? No, I don't think so. Maybe, I mean, with larger apartment complexes, then yeah, I think you have similar, you can get hit similar numbers, but I think what you'll find is just with the, the tax and the insurance expense, nothing will be able to beat a mobile home park that has little to no park owned homes, you know, cause we operate, we've found through, you know, going to these seminars and reading and even with our parks that a properly operated park should operate at a 30 to 40% expense ratio. Okay. And I know our rental portfolio of about 50 units, I don't know if it's ever been below 50%. So I think if you get into larger apartment buildings, you could definitely get to a closer number, but I don't think anything can beat mobile home parks. That's pretty cool. If somebody's interested in mobile home parks yeah. or getting more information, where do you recommend they go to get some to get started on that? So if they're if they're just looking kind of in their local area, I think one, they'll be surprised at how many mobile home parks are close to them. You know, a lot of people don't realize where they are or they're just one street away from, you know, the main shopping area or whatever. I think a lot of people just, they glance right over them. If you're not looking for them, you don't even, you don't even know that they exist. Right. So uh, even if people are looking for them, I mean, even investors, they're just ignoring them. So, so one local place to start would be go to the mobile home park store.com. That's kind of like the loop net of the mobile home park world. You can type in your city and state and you can see what what's for sale out there. A lot of that is a lot of that's broker related, mm -hmm. but that's just a great place to just like, if you want to know what's around you and maybe what's for sale, go to that website. If you're interested in pursuing it as you know, an investment, you know, we offer a little program. We have our website at the trailerparkbros.com. Uh, we do go to our Facebook page. We do, you know, we try and do content a few times a week on stuff that's going on at our parks that, you know, we try and have fun with it. It's a couple of, a couple of, you know, horror stories, a couple of funny things, us, you know, breaking into our own homes, you know, so it's, it's kind of fun, but for informational, go to that mobile home park store. If you're if you're really interested and want to get in the nitty gritty, you know, come contact us. So I'm looking on Facebook here, Trailer Park Bros. Yep. And uh, you have a page. Cool. There it is. And you've got a nice header. Nice. <laughs> it's way better than mine. And uh, oh. cool. You got some cool stuff here with uh, videos and some videos of your, where you're actually at your mobile home parks. 
Yep. Yep. So we, uh, we try and visit our parks often and, uh, you know, we always have man, some of our park managers will say, Hey, this is going on. And we'll say, Hey, make sure you get a picture or make sure you do that. Just cause you know, some people like to follow the day to day of, Oh my you know, gosh. Cause there are some funny things. You have a picture here. <laughs> oh my, <laughs> this was uh five, uh, seven days ago. You did a walkthrough in one of your vacant mobile homes, I'm assuming. Uh-huh, uh-huh. To check on frozen pipes, and you were met with an indoor ice rink. There's this huge sink <laughs> with ice, huge icicles hanging down the down the counter. Yep. What happened there? What What is this? So uh, that was one of our very old vacant homes, and we thought someone left the the water dripping, but apparently, what had happened was a pipe under the sink bursted. And uh, then it just froze because, you know, we've had the sub-freezing temperatures for almost two whole, whole weeks now. So, uh, so yeah, that's what, that's what uh, we were, our managers were uh, walked into. <laughs> now, some people, yeah. they would freak out about that, right? But talk about yeah. why you're not freaked out about that. So, I mean, first of all, I mean, that was a home. That home is on one of our, what I would call free lists. So, we do lease, you know, lease options where if someone, you know, we settle on a price, say for a, you know, a nice three bed, two bath mobile home, we'll say it's worth 20, 20 grand on a lease option, pay us a couple grand option fee. And then say your payments are $600 over, you know, five to seven years, whatever the numbers work out to be. Well, that home in particular is on our list where if you, it's a handyman special, if you can pass a background check, and you can pay your first month's lot rent, we will give you the title to that home because it needs, you know, it probably needs 10 to 12 grand worth of work. So we have about three to four of those homes at our, at our uh, park uh, over in uh, O'Fallon, Illinois. And uh, there's about three or four homes there that are on our free list. So that's why we're not freaking out. If that was someone, if that was a home that someone was living in, totally different story. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, well, the cool thing about this too, is you don't have a ton of money in your houses. Like, you know, no. if you were to go buy a house and put 50 grand into it or buy it for 50 grand, put 25 into it. So you're 75 into it. And then something like that happens. That's a big deal. But like these mobile homes, this was probably already, um, well, well used, you know, it's not, it hasn't been updated in right. a while or whatever. How much do one of these mobile homes cost? Yeah. So I'll give you an example of a few we've, you know, rehabbed and then sold on lease to owns. So I guess let's start with first, you know, we acquired all these homes in the purchase. The bank gave no value to the homes. So, you know, they won't lend on the homes. So they're virtually worthless in a bank size. Now we also did, you know, they do have some value, most of them. So we also had a third party come through that specialized in, in mobile homes and he gave us his opinion of value. So I think this guy's opinion of value, you know, a couple grand is probably what they're worth, the ones that need work. But on a couple of our homes that we've sold lease to own, we've taken that home, let's just say that as is, it, you know, cost you two to three grand, or that's just what its value is. You know, we put 15 grand into it, you know, putting in some, 
some nice laminate flooring. I mean, it's all, this is all clearance rack stuff. We're not putting in, you know, yeah. brand new material, anything that's on the clearance rack. We don't really care if it matches, um, you know, you're going cheap because people just want, you know, they want it to be yeah. secure. They want it to look clean and, you know, they want it to be able to hold air and, and hold heat. Right. So yeah. we, we were all in for 15 grand to rehab. So say, you know, say that, th- that you're, you're all into that thing for 15 grand and we've sold them for $25,000 with on a lease to own with, with two to $3,000 option fees. And you know, everybody's happy. Well, that's amazing. And, uh, and Joe, a lot of these, a lot of these, um, at first, you know, these people that we're kind of renting to, you know, they, they care about the monthly, the monthly cost only. Sure, right. Sure. So I could put, you know, I could put a $30,000 price tag on a home and finance it for 15 years as long as, you know, but actually what we're starting to do is we, uh, like I just sold one for $25,000 with $2,000 option fee. So we're financing 23,000 and the guy, and, and they're paying six ninety a month for 10 years. Yeah. They're, they're going to own the wow. home, the maintenance, you know, we have about, I think we have about 11 grand into that home. That's those are really good numbers. <laughs> so we're we're doing that all day. We used to actually the first 6 months we were selling them on 5 years. Then we kind of we kind of did this new course uh Larry Goins, you know him, right? Yeah, of course. So he's got um you know, it's called Filthy Riches. Yes, I'm looking <laughs> uh, at it right. I have his course right here on my shelf. Oh yeah, we have the whole binder. My dad, he spoke at one of the local RIAs, which I know Larry obviously from our other mastermind group, but we got his binder of filthy riches and my dad said, All right, we got a new plan for lease options. You know, here it is. So that's basically what we're going to now is we're actually financing them uh, at ten years um at nine percent interest. Well, I wanted to ask about that owner financing versus lease options. You're you're doing lease options on them. I'm I'm assuming because of Dodd Frank issues, is that right? Correct. Correct. That's the main reason why. And um, so, when you say financing them for ten years, nine percent, but you're doing lease so the, options, what do so you? So the mean? way that the way that we get her, okay, I guess. The, so the way that how how they're set up is they get a rent credit towards the purchase of the home. So every month they're they're acquiring credits. They're not technically paying off a loan. They're so if if our lot rents four hundred and and uh, the total payment, you know, with, with the home is 700, they're requiring 300 worth, $300 worth of rent credit per month for that term. And then we sign the title over to them for a dollar at the end of the term. Okay. So it's, it's all, it, and it's all spelled out and obviously our paperwork, but and remember too, you know, our dad's a lawyer, so <laughs> yeah. this is his area. Yeah, so he would probably correct us a bunch. <laughs> so when it comes to yeah, we, we we have to say rent to own and lease option. So I, I shouldn't have said technically I, I shouldn't have said financing because we're really not, but they're just getting credits towards the purchase of the home. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Um has Larry done the same thing too, by the way? I'm just curious, because Filthy Real just talks about selling with owner financing. Well, he does a lot. I think of he. He actually said that mobile homes would be perfect for his for his huh. course. So my dad heard that, you yeah. know, bought bought Filthy Rich's course. I think that night, and I think he had it. He read through it all in a couple of days, <laughs> and so yeah, it's just a little different. 
I guess the way we're doing it, because especially in the state of Illinois, we have all sorts of messed up laws. But I think as far as I know, Larry's doing it mainly with single families. He said he did do them a couple times with with mobile homes, but mainly we're doing it the way we do it because of, of Dodd Frank. And until that changes, that's how we're going to have to do it. Yeah, and also, um, I mean, if you can do it in Illinois, you can do it anywhere. That's <laughs> <laughs> very true. All right, so one of the PDFs we're going to be giving away for free to everybody who goes to reimpodcast.com slash trailers with an S is top five reasons to invest in mobile home parks versus apartment complexes. It's one of the things we're giving away. And we're also giving away something really cool. You're giving away an eight page document that you have created that contain all the rules and regulations of one of your parks. Is that right? That is correct. That's really cool. We'll talk about that in just a second. I want to ask you guys talk about, uh, can you just cover the five reasons why people should invest in mobile home parks versus apartment complexes. Absolutely. So we've kind of touched on these throughout, so I'll be quick. But uh, so lower taxes is number one. You know, you're taxed on the land and only a small portion is attributed to infrastructure. So that'd be like your water sewer lines, your pads um, and that kind of stuff. So there's usually no buildings that you're being taxed on. So significant savings in taxes. Similar if you don't own any of the mobile homes. So those are considered personal property anyway. You know, they're treated just like a car. So we're not being taxed on those unless, you know, obviously there's any park-owned homes. Second reason, lower maintenance. Uh, we've talked about this. In a perfect world, we don't own any of the homes, and we just have to worry about the infrastructure up to each pad. So no, uh, no tenant calls about toilets or kitchens or anything like that. Lower insurance, similar to similar to taxes, where it's usually just a general liability policy since we don't have a big uh, structure that we're insuring. It is the most recession-proof real estate asset. So, yeah. uh, as I said, the uh, it's the cheapest form of living. If you want to live in your own home with your own four walls, the average lot rent across the country is two hundred and fifty dollars a month. And in the past, when uh, markets uh, the housing and stock markets have crashed. Mobile home parks occupancy has actually gone up. So, uh, what about when the market goes up? What do you see as the? It's recession proof. What about good market? You know, proof? you know, right now we're obviously we're in a good market, right? Stock market's never been higher. Uh, home home prices are are on a run, yeah. and you know we're we can't get homes ready enough to sell. So, I mean, one park's completely full. Our other park, if we if we had more homes, we'd be able to sell them. So uh, we're experiencing it just like everybody else's. Well, another huge advantage too is the limited inventory. I mean, it's not like anybody can just go out and buy some land and throw a bunch of trailers on there, right? They're hard yeah. to they're hard uh-huh. to build these things. I know, and actually, you don't see any new parks going up anywhere. I mean, yeah, very, very rarely. I think uh, there was the stat, which is which will blow your mind. In 2016, there was a grand total of like. 60, 60 uh, parks across the country that were allowed to be built. And most of those were in like your Southern, you know, your Florida's with, uh, you know, around lakes and around, you know, the water, you know, it's just, it's not something that counties or municipalities are interested in because, because of that whole lower taxes. Right. So they still have to, they still have to, 
you know, maintain fire police protections on our 33 lots, but they're getting a third of the tax revenue from it. So they're not being rezoned into cities hardly ever. So it's definitely a, a, a commodity. And then okay. the final thing is just the bag stigma advantage that we've talked about. You know, it's it's a niche uh, real estate asset and there's not that many guys doing it. So, you know, if it's something that you're interested in, or you're in, interested in cash flowing real estate, I would highly consider it because you just don't have the you don't have the rush of the popularity, you know, of the TV shows and then a good market. Then everybody's flipping houses or everybody wants, you know, rental property. You yeah. just you just don't have that competition. Very cool. And then talk about the, uh, if the rules and regulations, what is this document that you put together? So the rules and regulations, um, that's basically what goes along with any new tenant or any, any new resident that comes in has to sign and acknowledge that they got these rules and regulations. And this is just a way for us to, you know, basically police the park. I mean, there are so many things that go on or so many things you wouldn't think of that I'm, I edit these rules and regulations probably on a monthly basis because something comes up that's not in there. And I'm like, well, I have to add this. And it's just, I mean, it, it covers everything that you can think of, um, at least that we know of, you know, for doing this for about, you know, a little over a year. Um, and really the biggest thing is tenant management. So, you know, and the model that we're in is, you know, if we don't own the, any of the homes, you know, I don't really care so much what it looks like on the inside, but I care about the, the outside exterior aesthetics of the park. So, you know, one of the things are, you know, people, whether it's trash or whether it's picking up after your animal, whether, it, you know, children, uh, that's a big thing, you know, people with kids. And, and so really the rules and regulations are just things that, you know, everybody has to, everybody has to abide by. And, and so in, in that document, it's pretty in depth and, you know, like I said, I, I try to add to it as something that comes up, but, you know, we want to make it a, a more, you know, our parks, we want it to be safe and we want it to be an enjoyable, enjoyable community. So we don't try to be, you know, super, super strict on them, but we just need to enforce what's there. So honestly, the biggest thing is, is I think is, is trash people or just the amount of stuff that they have outside, you know, it just needs to be put away or they need to bring a shed in or, you know, and they just got to pick up, pick up after themselves because the community looks good. Then, you know, people respect it. Yeah, that's good. So that's uh, that's a pretty important document that I, you know, like I said, if everybody has to acknowledge that they get it because you, you abide by the rules or you can leave <laughs> or if you don't abide by the rules, you will be asked to leave. Uh -huh. And guys, if you want those rules, uh, go to reimpodcast.com slash trailers with an S, trailers with an S, and we'll send that to you. Man, you guys have been awesome. I appreciate you asking or answering the questions, Nick and Dan. Nick yep. and Dan Gibson, the Trailer Park Bros. That's right. Awesome. right. <laughs> Your website, trailerparkbros.com. Yep. And you can also go to Facebook and just do a search in Facebook for Trailer Park Bros, B-R-O-S for brothers. And uh, you'll see their cool videos and pictures there, which is, uh, which is cool. What do you guys, you guys do some coaching and mentoring, don't you? Yeah, that's, uh, that's one thing we recently launched. You know, we've, uh, we've got a, a small group kind of under our wing here uh, locally that, uh, you know, we're just having a blast and, uh, 
you know, kind of with this niche, this niche market, there's not a whole lot of coaches or mentors out there. So we're, we're still relatively new. We understand that we're, you know, only owned parks for a little over two years, but we also have a ton of experience in the management uh, game and a ton of experience, you know, being in the day to day stuff of the parks. Cause you know, we're, since we're mostly local right now, you know, we're, we're the ones out there, you know, on the day to day grind. So yeah, we, we love doing it. Yep. And, uh, you got some amazing, funny pictures in here. <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah. We, we're, I appreciate that. Cause we, uh, you know, it, it's kind of hard cause you know, your brain is trained to when you like, you see something like that, you're like, okay, oh my gosh, what's the fix? You know, I got to fix this right away or I got to call someone. And now our first train of thought is how can we, how can we make this enjoyable for everybody else for the Facebook page? So that's awesome. <laughs> that's so cool. Um, you guys were also on Tom Kroll's podcast recently. I think it was episode Tom Kroll's podcast is wholesaling Inc. And it's episode 121. So go check that out too. If you guys are interested, Nick and Dan, thank you so much for being on the show. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate, Appreciate you having us. Guys, don't forget to go to realestateinvestingmastery.com to get the show notes of all the links that we talked about here. And um, if you want that wholesaling 101 mind map, I told you about at the beginning, just text the word flip to 313131. And if you want these bonuses that we talked about from Nick and Dan Gibson, uh, go to reimpodcast.com slash trailers, and you can get all the goodies there. We'll see you guys later. Take care. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. 